so Drake has a bulldog, right? Because they're the Drake Bulldogs. And this thing, they they bring out a lawn chair, like parents take to watch the kid play soccer, and put the lawn chair out for him by the court. And this bulldog just slept in the chair the whole <laughs> first half. What a life. And then they... They coaxed him out on the court with some treats. And then they took him back and he went right back to that chair as quickly as possible and just fell right asleep again. Every time they'd show this dog, he looked like he was about to just pass out. He could not have a care in the world uh, at that moment. It was pretty funny. Good life. It was a good Watch life. basketball, sit in a comfy chair. What else could you want? He even had a little Letterman jacket. <laughs> welcome the three idiots and a lawyer matt pfeiffer and joe shell it is tournament time kind of march has arrived uh and it is time for the acc tournament so the truth is joe and i think anybody listening who's followed knows let's run the table eric hughes is gonna have to run <laughs> in the ACC tournament to make it to the NCAA tournament. Let's do it. And it's going to be a very strange start to this. So Syracuse has a bye through the first round uh, as the eight seed, and they will have to play the very team that they just beat five days ago, Wake Forest. Of course, Syracuse beat Wake Forest on Saturday, 72-63. Jesse Edwards had a double-double. 27 points and 20 rebounds. 2020. Maybe his, maybe his best game ever at Syracuse. Uh, the Orange are 17 and 14, 10 and 10 in ACC play. That makes them eighth. They will play Wake Forest at noon on two, on, excuse me, on Wednesday. Noon on Wednesday. And if they would win that, they will play the one seed Miami. So as you can see, very easy, very easy road to get to the ACC title. If they would beat Miami, they would either play the four seed Duke, the five seed Pitt, Florida State, the twelve seed, or the thirteen seed Georgia Tech. And then if they win that, obviously the rest of the ACC is in play. Virginia's the two seed, Clemson's the three seed. Uh, then you've got uh, the six seed NC State, the seven UNC. Uh, you know, as I already mentioned, Pitt's the five seed in the upper half of the bracket where we are. Uh, this is going to be a really hard road for Syracuse, Joe. And and you sit there, Syracuse has no choice but to win the whole thing if they want to be in March Madness. And frankly, even if they want to make the NIT, they may have to go semi-deep in this thing to secure that after having an atrocious two weeks before that Wake Forest game, uh, this is, I don't know. They're going to have to have their best week of the season by a mile. I, I hate this right off the bat, um, playing the team that we just played. I think this bodes more poorly for us than it does for Wake. Um, you know, the old adage, it's, you know, hard to beat – a team three times in a season. Well, it doesn't really apply here, but it kind of has the same feel, you know, trying to beat a team twice in a week in five days. Yeah. And <laughs> there's a few things working against us here that, that have me feeling not so great about it. One wasn't a dominating win by any means, you know, 
what was it, nine points? So it, it wasn't a blowout yeah. by any means. It was a relatively close game. And you, you squeaked out this win by nine with a very good three-point shooting team shooting roughly 25% from three and uh, the best scorer in the conference having a not-so-great shooting day. So what are the odds that the zone playing okay, which is phenomenal compared to the recent baseline, and Wake's offense basically asleep at the wheel, which it's a pretty good offense with a very, very good scorer in Appleby. I so, believe they're the best three-point team in yeah, the ACC. They, yeah. They're the best shoot three-point shooting team, and uh, Appleby is the, I believe, I'm not sure what if he lost He's it in that the game, top. but I believe he was going to be the scoring champ in the conference this year. So what are the odds that you're going to be able to get lucky like that again where the zone plays all right, Applebee's cold. The Wake's offense as a whole is a little cold. And their most formidable big man, Carr, fouls out very early. Uh, It's just asking a lot. And could Syracuse play really well and win this game? Sure, 100% would not shock me. But it has a feel of, of not really... Some of the cards aren't falling in our favor. It's it's quite the opposite. We're, there's a few things working against us that just give you a, a pessimistic feeling about this. It doesn't it doesn't work out well for us. I agree with you 100. percent I get into situations like this, and I always feel like it favors the team that lost. The loss is fresh in their mind. You have an immediate chance to respond and get some revenge. And in this case, you got Wake Forest. You know the the ACC tournaments at the Greensboro Coliseum this year. So now we're basically, it, let's call it what it is, it's going to be a Wake home game. Uh, Wake Forest, you're going to have a lot of Wake fans there. Let's face it, Syracuse wasn't necessarily doing a great job filling the Dome this year. I don't think it's going to be a typical tournament year where Syracuse has a great, massive fan base at a tournament, uh, especially in Greensboro. I'm just going to be honest there. Maybe it'd be a little bigger if it was one of the years it's in Brooklyn or D.C. or something, but... You know, you're in, you're in Wake Forest territory, and let's be honest, the Tobacco Road fans aren't going to be rooting for us <laughs> against Wake. Um, you know, the, the non-Wake people down there are going to still be rooting for Wake uh, against Syracuse. So you're not really in a friendly environment. I, I, I don't like it, and, and I think you're right. I think a lot of things went right in that game, and, and it, to Syracuse's credit, they did a good job, but, you know, this just doesn't feel... This doesn't feel like a good way to get this done. Uh, you really wish that we would have ended up playing anybody else, um, but that's just not how it worked out. You know, by dumb luck, the two schools dead center in the ACC played each other last. It just feels primed for Wake to come out and, and shoot the lights out. Like they're going to be due for one of those games that we've seen time and again, where it's just a barrage um, not that it wasn't. I mean, they took what forty three pointers in that game. They they had they made thirty nine shots and they made ten of them. So so they got thirty points on th- on threes alone. I, I think you're going to see a similar volume, but with a higher success rate, and that you know is going to be difficult for us to overcome unless 
You know, on the flip side, just to play a little devil's advocate, we shot very, very poorly from three in that game and took not nearly as many. I think we made two three-pointers as a team. Two of 14. Flip side, Gerard could go off. Judah could have a big day. You know, Jesse's not going to score 27 points again, more likely than not. But there's a couple other guys who could go off. Chris Bell is a guy who could hit a few shots. Um, There are contributions out there that that could – flip this in our favor you know Gerard had a poor shooting day we've seen him go off Judah turned the ball over a bunch of times we've seen him have very good games with his assist to turnover ratio so there's things that didn't work out for us in the win that could flip and we could win again in an entirely different way so I don't want to say it's impossible I think right now I'm kind of feeling like 60 40 gonna be a loss at this point, but I'm sure as the game gets a little closer, I could probably t- <laughs> once I sit down and put my eyes on the game, I'm gonna think Syracuse is gonna win. But but right now, objectively, it, it feels like a an uphill battle. And the truth is, the past couple of years, Syracuse has done better in the ACC tournament than it did the first couple of years. Compared first the couple of years, Syracuse being unable to get win a past game, the first game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And if they can get to the Miami game, Syracuse actually played Miami quite tough earlier this year. Now, I think Syracuse has regressed a bit since then, and Miami's got the best player in the conference at, named today, right? Um, I, it, you know, this is going to be a real uphill battle. They need a 2006 Big East tournament-style run to make the tournament, and I just I don't see that in this team. I, just I feel worse about the the Wake Forest rematch than I would about a potential Miami matchup. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with that. I, I just I think play. I, it's what we've said here a couple times already in just a couple of minutes. A, a rematch five days apart just doesn't feel like it favors the team that won. And now the, Wake's probably spent what eight or nine days of practicing to play the zone yeah now granted we've spent eight or nine days practicing for them too so that's a two-way street but you're right the zone's not going to surprise them not that i think it necessarily did anyway it startled Um, them a little more than i've seen in probably two years they did just seemed a little thrown off by it Um, maybe it was just coincidence and you know the zone looked a little better. I'm not going to take back everything we said over the last couple of weeks, but it looked a little better. And it's part of the reason we were able to win, but yeah, it's, it's an odd scenario and it just kind of feels like more of a disadvantage than not. So just for fairness sake, because we've done this all year, we'll do stars and demerits for the weight game this past weekend. Uh, So I mentioned Jesse Edwards. I'm going to go ahead and take that star there and, and give it to Jesse Edwards. 27 points, 20 rebounds, five steals, two blocks. That might be the best game of his career at Syracuse. Just incredible uh, play from Jesse Edwards. So uh, a big star to Jesse. Sure. Take the easy one. Um, I haven't given a a demerit in a while. I I feel like I tend to look for the positives and the silver lining. So I'll I'll fall on this one. I'll give a demerit to Judah Mintz, who – as I alluded to earlier, turned the ball over six times in that game. Um, 
compared to five assists. You never want to see your point guard have more turnovers than assists. The five assists isn't bad, but turning the ball over six times, I mean, that was first half of the season, Judah Mintz, that he had kind of grown past. So we're going to need him to be more efficient and careful with the ball than that to have a chance of winning a postseason game. Absolutely. So just for the sake of it, let's kind of go through the whole ACC tournament just for, for fun. Um, you know, we talked about all these teams whenever they played Syracuse. Let's just kind of look at, at what what's going to play out here. So um, let's start with the games on Tuesday, and we'll just kind of have a little fun going through this. So you got the 12-seed Florida State, the 13-seed Georgia Tech. You know, Florida State's probably one of the biggest disappointments this year in the ACC. This is a team that, I, I'll be frank, I think, they would have been in the final four in 2020 if the NCAA sure. tournament had happened. I, sure. I think, I think they would have been the favorite to win the national title that year. I, I feel bad for them. I feel they got robbed by the pandemic. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm going to take Florida state just because Georgia tech has been so rough. Although Georgia tech has looked better recently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take Georgia tech in that one. I mean, we fell victim to it. We saw how they are kind of, starting to gel as a team and they have some late life this year. So I, I think uh, Georgia tech is going to pull that one out. Right. Then you have the 10 seed Boston college and the 15 seed Louisville, man, Louisville. I, Louisville it's just man. hard to explain. Uh, it's hard to say what Louisville has up four wins on the season, which is just shocking to even say, I think it took them eight or nine games just to get their first W. Um, so Boston college, I, this might be the only time I ever pick Boston college <laughs> against Louisville. Uh, and easily, like I'm not even going to think twice about it. BC, yeah, BC. Uh, and then we got the 11 seed Virginia Tech and the 14 seed Notre Dame. Notre Dame, another big disappointment this year. Last season for their head coach, Virginia Tech. I think people expected more out of the Hokies to this year. Um, but I'll take VT against a Notre Dame team that just hasn't yeah, been its same own. Tech. Notre Dame just didn't have their usual mojo. I don't know what it was. I I think. Uh... You know, you kind of saw the writing on the wall when a Syracuse team that was having a rough start to the season came up with a, a win in South Bend. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So Wednesday is our game. We've we've both kind of said, Wake, do you want to give a score for it? I mean, I, I'll say Wake 75 to 66. I'm going to say 78. 74 wake okay close one okay and then and then on the bottom side of that you've got the five seed pit i would expect them to beat whoever comes out of that tuesday game uh pit is uh they were number one in the conference for a bit they're real solid i would not be surprised to see them make it to the semifinals Uh, pitt's got a really nice team North Carolina is the seven seed. They'll play the winner of BC Louisville. I've got no worries about North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is in a unique uh, position. They basically probably have to win the ACC tournament to make the NCAA tournament. Not a situation North Carolina is used to being in this year or, or, well, any year. Not a situation North Carolina is used to being in, but they've had a down year. um, And they would have a very tough matchup in the quarterfinals. They'd have to play Virginia. I, I can't see them beating Virginia. I mean, they could. Let me be clear. It's in Greensboro, but I think UVA with that defense, I would take Virginia over North Carolina to go to the semi. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd have to take Virginia in that one. But if there were a team that were going to pull an upset like that, you know, 
North Carolina is not an awful candidate this year. I mean, right. they really underperformed for a team that had a lot of returning pieces, a very veteran team and has a couple of stars. So they underperform this year. It, it wouldn't be unbelievable. They're not incapable of, of beating Virginia um, with yeah. a guy like Baycott and uh, other veterans like Leaky Black. You know, they, they have guys who've been around the block and they, they could pull one out like that. I don't think they will, but it wouldn't shock me. I look. I mean, if you told me UNC would find their way to the the title game, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They're they're definitely a team that I think could do that, like Syracuse two thousand six Big East kind yeah. of run. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice to see uh, an upstart program like North Carolina be able to make a miracle run to the postseason like that. That'd be a nice story. <laughs> yeah, uh, a real Cinderella. Uh, yeah. <laughs> NC State's the sixth seed. They would get the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame winner. This is another one I would expect NC State to go on. They would have to play the three-seed Clemson. Uh, Clemson's been real solid all year. I I would take Clemson over NC State, but I think that'd be a really good game. That'd be a great game. NC State is so physical. That's what I like about their gameplay. I think in an era where you you see all these threes and stuff, NC State's one of the last ones still standing that, man, they play physical. Sure. All the time. You know you're going to get beat up a bit playing NC State. I mean, they're those big men. I'd love to see like them get to the quarters. Um, just, just you know, in favor of big man ball a bit, you know? <laughs> Little old school. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but, but Clemson also hasn't done as well in the later parts of the season as they were earlier. They were a little hotter earlier. Uh, and then we got to talk about Duke. Duke would play Pitt in the quarters or Florida State, Georgia Tech. I mean, Duke. Duke's real solid. They got the freshman player of the year. Unfortunately, Judah didn't get it. Kyle Filipowski did. Duke's solid. I think Duke's still learning. But, I mean, Duke would definitely – I could see Duke beating Miami. But this just f- kind of feels like it might be Miami's year finally to, to go all the way and, and win that ACC title, an ACC tournament. I'd I'd take Duke over Miami, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I it just feels like one of those teams that kind of just puts it together at the right time, and they clearly have the talent. Like you said, they have the freshman of the year in the conference. Having a big guy who can shoot like that, I mean, that that can can go a long way. All right, so let's get your uh, ACC tournament champion pick. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll take Virginia. I think Virginia is gonna find their way to the. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. Top. Oh, I like that. I, I I like you know they can shoot they 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 do the little things they have a veteran team even though they haven't played together for their careers they have guys who have a lot of experience in college basketball um and they shoot they do the little things they're scrappy I I, I like Pitt I hate Pitt but I like Pitt <laughs> yeah they 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 have been a fun team to watch this year and it's been fun and it it should be hopeful for any team that's struggling that. There is a way that you can go from being really rough one year to much better the next. Pitt is that story. They used the transfer portal well. They did a great job building a team that should be in the tournament uh, and is going to be competitive here in the ACC tournament. And, you know, I was even briefly number one in the conference. Just to give you an idea, they were number one, I think, going into this weekend. And because, however, the everything worked out, they ended up fifth 
which just tells you how close things were in those top five, six spots in the ACC this year. So, as I mentioned, unfortunately, uh, Judamans did not get uh, freshman of the year from the ACC. He is on the all-freshman team. Not a surprise there. Kyle Filipowski from Duke got that. Jesse Edwards was also named third-team All-ACC and the All-Defensive team, which should be no surprise. Uh, he's played real solid all year, so congratulations to both of them. Great to see. So Syracuse had uh, the player who led the conference in blocks and also mm-hmm. had the player who led the conference in steals and yet was a very poor defensive team. <laughs> it's very telling. Yeah. yeah, it does say a lot, doesn't it? it? It unfortunately says quite a bit. But um, but yeah, so it will be uh, interesting to see this week. Uh, and uh, so watch, try to watch from work Wednesday or if you, if you can, you know, if you're. This team's not you, worth getting fired over this year, though. So don't be. That's too, right. Uh, yeah. Don't be too bold. Don't be too bold. Don't be too bold. Don't get your boss angry at you. Uh, OK, let's switch over to lacrosse. Oh, heartbreak. 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 Oh, Sunday, Syracuse had it. They had it. Uh, they they tied the game late. They had they had a lead at half. Then they had a bad third quarter. They got outscored six to two. And then they tie the game late against Duke. Go to overtime. Duke gets that goal. It's sudden death in lacrosse. And- but it's not just that. It's that obviously Duke was going to start overtime with a possession because that's how that game was going. To come up with the stop and have the ball. You stopped them. You had the ball. And to not be able to come up with a better offensive play, you're not able to get a competitive shot off. And then once that happened, I I knew Duke was going to come to the other end of the field and put it in. Um, Very upsetting. It's a very hard-fought game. It was one of those instant classics. But... We needed that one. That this hurts. We we really and you could see watching that game how badly the players wanted that one. It felt like the game where it might turn. You win that, the season turns. You know, and it's like, okay, there was that there was that big win you needed, right? Top five win. And then you move up the ranks a bit. You got another big top 10 coming in the next week and you could kind of get on a little run maybe and, and start building and you'd be sitting at four and two. You'd have, you'd be even in conference instead. Now you're three and three, Oh, and two in conference. Not, not the best start. You know, it's that thing. It's frustrating because you sit there and you know how fun this is going to be once they break through and you know, they are this close to breaking through it's just a matter of when it's gonna happen there's there's one big thing holding this team back um and if you watch the games it's pretty obvious it's becoming a bigger issue by the week this team has the defense of a top five or so team um they have the goalie of a championship caliber team they have the offense is coming around, but they still they have the offense of a tournament team that should improve as the year goes on, and it could also be the offense of a top five caliber team. Yeah. But when you have an uphill battle just in possessions, when you can't give your offense the ball, 
that's that's it. When when you're playing juggernauts week in and week out, and you have the ball half as many times as your opponent, you're not going to win against these offenses that exist in the ACC. The ACC is nothing but elite offense with fantastic shooters. The fact that these games have been close with such an awful disparity at the faceoff X is miraculous and speaks to how good the the team really is because the defense has come up with big stops. Will Mark is coming up with big save after big save. And the offense is efficient because they're keep making these games close without getting possession very many times a game. They're making it count when they have the ball. And this is not uh, an opportunity to rail Johnny Lucuza or knock any individual player. But the fact is the face-off unit is what is holding this team back. That is the main reason that right now you can't point to this team and say they are going somewhere in the postseason. They could still get there, but this is, it's like, if you recall, I forget what year it was, maybe 2014, we were in the national championship against Duke and just never had the ball. Yeah. And otherwise, you know, we're shooting well, playing good defense, but just couldn't get the ball. So every time we needed to make a play to, keep ourselves in the game duke would win the face off and duke would have the ball so this is a team that's just the offense doesn't have the ball enough the possession disparity and, is too extreme to be able to win some of these big games and this is not a new problem for syracuse if you followed syracuse lacrosse at all for the last 10 years you will know that this is a problem that predates gary gate on and this off. A, it's been an on and it, off problem, but yes. Yeah. There are years where we were dominating that X, but I can remember a lot of years where we've struggled with the X. And and that you gotta win faceoffs in lacrosse, and they are just not doing that. And uh and it puts them I mean, it puts them at a disadvantage even if they score a goal, right? Because then you gotta go back to the faceoff and do that again, right? You know, it, it's this odd you know, it, it's a problem that Syracuse just needs to figure out. It's kind of uh, like, you know, you're you're playing a pickup, a casual pickup basketball game, and y- your buddy is like a pretty good basketball player. And he makes the first basket, and uh, you're not expecting it, but he then goes, oh, make it, take it. We're playing make it, take it. It feels like Syracuse is playing against a make it, take it. Yeah. Essentially, you know, it's... It's one of those things with, that make look makes lacrosse different and makes it great. But when you're at a disadvantage in that aspect of the game, it makes it very, very frustrating because it can hold back an elite team. And I'm not saying we are elite for sure, but the other pieces are there for this to be a very good team. It, I would say this is a good team whose record does not reflect how good they are. The truth is they've lost two games to top five was top five opponents by single digits. I think Maryland might have been know. eight when we played or, them. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so top two, ten opponents. Two championship contenders. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I've you know, and I've said I always thought the second half of the season is gonna go better than the first. Um only because I think there there's a learning curve and stuff. Now that doesn't explain the face off problem, right? <laughs> that but there's still plenty of time 
it's only still the beginning of March. There's plenty of time for this team to, to rebound, have a good season, do well in the ACC tournament, which frankly means you only got to win two games, basically. Got to right? make the ACC and tournament. Get, you got to make a, the ACC tournament. A team gets left out. Right, right. Four of the five, you get in. One gets left hanging. Right now, I think Syracuse is the one hanging. So you got to you got to make your way in. And if you're in, you're two wins from an auto from an auto bid, right? And there's and you're, there's you're something in the NCAA. There's something the like the coaching staff can do something about it. You don't have to just keep running out the same kid with the same game plan and, and call it a day and cross your fingers. I mean, if if uh, Rakuza is not really going to be able to compete one on one cleanly with with the face off competition of the conference, then make it a dogfight, make it messy, make it dirty, turn it into a battle for a ground ball, just make it scrappy. And you have some great wings who can play that style. You have guys who like. Sam Alexo, who is just physical and can pick up a ground ball when you really need one. You have those guys. Nick Kakamo comes to mind. So make it messy. You don't have to win it cleanly. Just try to make it messy. Make it a battle and, and give your other guys, give your long poles who are in on the faceoff, give, give them a chance to scoop up a ground ball. All that matters is possession. No one cares if you get a clean faceoff win. Everyone cares whether you get the ball in the end. And yeah, absolutely. You can make make and, and, it a dogfight and just change course. Try something else. Yeah. And the big thing here is Syracuse is missing opportunities at home to get big wins um, because Syracuse is a very home-heavy schedule this year. Um, but, I mean, I believe they have nine games left. One, two, three, four. Five of those nine games are on the road. Okay. Most of what they've played was at home. Um, and you know, they're going to have to, they're gonna have to win some on the road. Now (laughs) that's, that's the situation they're in. Um, now they've got two games probably before we record our next episode. So they play, here we go. Here we go again. Here's, here's more of your elite competition. You've got Johns Hopkins rival, right? Johns Hopkins, number 11 or 10, depending on the poll you're looking at, uh, coming to the dome Saturday at 4 PM. The Johnnies are good. There's there's no way around that. And then next Tuesday, they'll head to Hofstra and Hempstead. And while Hofstra isn't Johns Hopkins, Hofstra is no pushover either. Um, but, you know, you look at this. Johns Hopkins has lost to UNC and Loyola. So, you know, good, good teams there. Um, they've beaten Jacksonville. They've beaten Georgetown and Utah and St. Joseph's. So they haven't had the strongest schedule yet. They haven't played an in-conference game yet. They're in the Big Ten for lacrosse. Uh, but their shots on goal is 64%, right? They make 64% of the shots on goal. They make 30% of their shots. Um, they they take a lot of shots a game. They tend to win their face-offs. Not as good as some of the teams we faced, but Syracuse is going to have to step up again. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, think they're, I think Syracuse is a decent shot in this one only because in recent history, we seem to overall do pretty well against Johns Hopkins who historically is the other big dog in lacrosse, right? For a long time, the Johnny's had Johns Hopkins had 
the most uh, wins and Syracuse had the most titles. I think that's changed. I think now Syracuse has the most wins as well. But Johns Hopkins always a, a power, right? Yeah. But they're the traditional blue bloods. Yeah. Yeah, I, I there's a part of me that just says this has got to break at some point, right? They're getting so close. Um, you know, the question is, do you hang your head after what happened Saturday or Sunday, or do you dig deep and you find something deep inside you and say, no, this this is gonna happen. And and Mikey Powell's jersey is being retired into the rafters. You know, maybe maybe I'll you have a little extra inspiration. I don't know. Um. I, I just feel like Syracuse has got to win one of these. They're, they're playing them so close. And Johns Hopkins isn't quite as good at the faceoffs as some of the teams we face. So you know what? Give me Syracuse winning close, yeah. really close Yeah, I like against it. Johns Hopkins. I like it. I uh, I agree. I, I, I do, for some reason, have a gut feeling they're going to eke this one out. Um, just split the faceoffs. You know, just go 50%, and I think they'll be golden. Um, something else that has been bothering me with this team, and I don't, I don't want to nitpick a strength, but mm-hmm. um, Will Mark is a unconventional goalie. He seems a little quirky out there. Some of, some of his techniques seem a little different than than the status quo. And I'm no expert by any means on on lacrosse or goalkeeping in lacrosse at all, but it just looks a little different out there, and it's effective, and he's good. But I've noticed a consequence of some of his quirks are that he makes a lot of saves with the actual stick of his stick and not not the netting of his stick, which, <laughs> you know, any way you can stop the ball, fine, great. But it just seems, seems like the hard me, way to do it. It seems to me like he generates more rebounds with the way he saves the ball sometimes on some shots that some other goalies may be able to scoop up and actually stop in the net. He seems to kind of block them, which with the types of offenses we've played that I've alluded to, is going to give easy scoring opportunities. You, you create easy putbacks. And when we're already fighting for our lives to gain a possession here and there, when your goalie making a save doesn't give you possession either, it, it can be a backbreaker. And even if it doesn't result in an easy putback, if the, the offense can kind of scoop it up, but the goalie made the save, now they've reset the shot clock and they get a full new fresh possession. So it's, it's one of those things that I, I'm kind of hoping can improve as the season goes along. And like I said, this isn't to knock Wilmark. He's been incredible. And sure, maybe he blocks some balls that other guys would actually stop in their netting. But he also gets in front of a lot of shots that most guys in the country wouldn't get in front of. So um, I don't want to nitpick too much, but I'm just searching for ways that we could increase our number of possessions. Because if you give this offense the ball a little more... I think they're going to be a very, very good team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know who's a very good team? I say this every week because it's fun. The Syracuse women's lacrosse team. <laughs> they're a very, very good team. Understatement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they are now 6-0, and which was, you figured, uh, last week. They played a weak Virginia Tech team and took care of business. 16-5 to was 
you know, they, they had a rough first quarter, but after that it was never in doubt. <laughs> uh, it was eight to one at the half. Um, Megan Terrell, five points and two assists, uh, five goals, two assists. Emma Terrell, three goals. Uh, they're rocking and rolling. This team, six and oh, they've got Notre Dame coming up Saturday. I mean, I, I, this team, I mean, you're not going to run the table in lacrosse. There's just too many games, but they're going to come really close to it. <laughs> they're going to have maybe one or two losses before this season's over. I, uh, you know, they're, they're good. They are just good. <laughs> no questions asked. The, the, the women's ACC for lacrosse isn't quite the gauntlet that the men's side is. Um, you have some younger programs, some not so great programs. So uh, the, 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 they the kind of big... schedule they schedule some some big matchups in the non conference, and they've already taken care of that. So, um, yeah, there's not a ton of extreme challenges out there. I mean, their biggest challenge in conference is probably Boston College, right? Yeah, Boston yeah. College. And, and, and that's a big that's a big challenge. Don't want to downplay that, but there aren't too many other games that you really got to circle and, and they've already proven themselves against some of the best in the country. So, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, they can stay, stay healthy, stay healthy, which was um, their problem a couple of years ago. Yeah. They, they had an injury issue. Uh, one of the, one of the Terrell sisters, I believe was it one of the Terrell sisters. Yeah. Went down. And, and Emma Ward missed the whole season Emma last Ward. year. Yeah. Um, so Just stay healthy and you know, this kind of feels like the team that will, go into the tournament as favorites based on what I've seen so far. Yep. It certainly feels like a team that could be favored to win the whole thing in May and uh, certainly will be in the mix. Um, The big thing is obviously when you hit those tournaments, you never know what happens, right? Single elimination, one bad game. That's it. (laughs) But uh, you got to feel pretty good. Got to feel pretty good about them. So that's all we have for this week for, Three idiots and a lawyer. Hopefully, we'll still be talking about basketball next week. We'll see what happens. Selection Sunday is Sunday. We've already said it. Syracuse is going to have to run the table in the ACC tournament to be even in the conversation on that day. Joe Lenardi has us nowhere close to it right now. So, I mean, it's it's kind of an easy recipe. Win and you're in. It's just you got to beat a lot of good teams on the way to doing that. So uh, Syracuse basketball looking for its best week of the year. Um, If they don't do that, if they get a couple W's, we'll talk about the NIT if they end up there. That's still kind of a a maybe. There's no guarantee they make the NIT right now either. Uh, We'll talk WNIT depending on what happens with the women's team. Um, They're – kind of sitting probably on the wrong end of the bubble right now um, for the NCAA. And then we'll talk lacrosse as we get into spring. We'll talk a lot of lacrosse. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of baseball before the baseball season starts, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and have some fun here in the, in the final couple weeks uh, before we'll take our summer hiatus, probably at the end of May. So, uh, but Hey, follow us on Twitter at three aisle pod. Like us on Facebook, Three Idiots and a Lawyer. Uh, if you have the 1990 NCAA lacrosse trophy, let us know. We just want to know that it is safe. And uh, until next time, for Joe Shell, I'm Matt Pfeiffer. We'll see you next week. 